Hey everybody, and welcome to the Dry Life Podcast, a podcast for the alcohol-free lifestyle and sober curious. I'm Kayla Lyons. And I'm Beth Bowen. We're so glad y'all are here. Now let's get started. All right, y'all. Welcome to the Dry Life Podcast. I have a really exciting host for you this week. We have Talia Benick of The Sweet Crude, which is a CBD-infused mocktail line. And I have had the pleasure of meeting Talia and getting to know a little bit more about Sweet Crude. So I'm so excited to have her here with us today. Um, Talia, welcome to the Dry Life. Thank you so much. I'm really thrilled to be able to connect with y'all today and to share more about Sweet Crude, but also to hear more about about your stories. And, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you both have had the chance to taste and enjoy our CBD cocktails. Mm, yes. Yeah, and it is a beautiful Friday afternoon here in, in Central Texas. Talia is Isn't it? in Austin with me. <laughs> so I'm like looking out my window and hoping you're, you've got a, a beautiful view too. <laughs> I do. I do. A few yeah. more days of reasonable weather before it gets too hot. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So well, cool. Um, I would love to just start off by hearing more about your story because uh-huh. I know you are also alcohol free um, but kind of came to this from an unusual way. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your alcohol free story? Of course. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, so in my early twenties, I started uh, to experience migraines and, and they got progressively worse to where I, I would, I would have essentially chronic pain all the time mm. in my head, uh, no matter what. And then pretty frequent episodes of really acute pain, which would be, you know, a, a full blown migraine episode. And in trying to figure out what would cause them, there were certainly many triggers, but one of the biggest ones was alcohol. Mm. And so even, you know, just having a, a few sips of a beer or, or a cocktail, I would be, you know, in bed and needing prescription medication to ease the pain I was experiencing. And so quickly realized uh, my, my life would be more pain-free, uh, but also just, you know, uh, easier without alcohol. Um, but I was always a little let down with, with the, the zero proof options available to me. They, they, I didn't find them super inspiring, Mm. um, and, and inclusive. And so that, that's really where it started. Yeah. So how many, how long have you been alcohol free now? Uh, I started initially cutting back on my alcohol intake in probably uh, 23 years old and I'm, I'm 35 now. So mm-hmm. a, a while, uh, but you know, I'd find myself in instances like weddings or, you know, birthday parties where it was really a toss up of like, do I just join the party and know I'll be in pain or do I try to find some option to sip on that, that would make me feel good. And, and, you know, I think even in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of self work to learn how to feel uh, like part of the party and, and, and my most confident self, no matter what I'm holding in my hand. 
Mm, yeah, no, I think it's really interesting what you speak about for, especially for those of us who have gone into being alcohol free for maybe like a health reason or for um, like just a wellness and, or, or, or like a peak performance uh, reason and, and away from the addiction side, because it does really start to show up when you are in those social situations and when you are um, like at the wedding and you're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe it's worth it. Maybe if I just, you know, have a drink tonight and deal with the hangover, deal with the headache, it'll be fine. Um, so I would love to hear more about how you kind of, I mean, this is, this is a little off subject, but you just inspired me, but how you kind of navigate that when you are in those social situations, um, what's kind of like your risk benefit analysis of that? Sorry, you might have to. Yeah. Um, so if I heard the question right, Beth, it's asking how, how to navigate, you know, whether that decision-making process, Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it took time. It took time. <laughs> you know, I, 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 um, there were definitely a lot of nights where I would have a drink and, and willingly know, willingly know I would be in pain later just to, to feel included. And it, it's, mm. it's tough to admit and to say, and, um, and then, and then I think part of, part of, the the empowerment has really been this this venture of creating a a solution that not only makes me feel good but makes others feel good and included and it sounds you know like a, a a funny thing to say but really starting sweet crude has empowered me to to feel confident in my choice of no matter what I'm drinking, uh, I feel, feel like part of the group and, and, and my, my most confident self, certainly. Mm, I love that. So yeah, that seems like a really great segue. Can you tell us more about the, the very beginning of Sweet Crude and what started you off on that path and kind of what it was like uh, as a female founder, which is, I'm, I'm like super, I super dig the, the idea of female founders. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, it started off, you know, I, I, and, and maybe to get to your question, your last question as well, like in the social setting, I think in my, uh, late twenties, early thirties, I ended up starting like hosting a lot of dinner parties as opposed to going out. And so I'd invite all my friends to my house and cook for them and make drinks, um, alcohol, alcoholic drinks, but also non-alcoholic drinks because I had been playing around a lot for myself um, Mm. and creating different cocktails, zero proof cocktails at home that I was enjoying. And so I'd always have some sort of zero proof option at, um, at these dinner parties. And when I learned about CBD, which was a handful of years ago at this point, I, I started adding CBD and hemp extract into these, these non-alcoholic cocktails that I was making. And I found that everybody around the table wanted at least one round of Mm. a CBD cocktail. And so that was how the whole idea started. It said, okay, it's, it's not just me. People are enjoying this sipping experience of, yeah. of a CBD product as opposed to, you know, what's so common is like a, a, like a gummy or something right. like that, that mm-hmm. you pop 
in your mouth and it's you know you've eaten it in in 0.3 seconds or at least I have tastes like trees (laughs) (laughs) um and so that's how the idea started and then from there um you know I, I did a lot more anecdotal research so you know continuing to uh, interview friends to see what instances they would enjoy a, a CBD cocktail like this one. Uh, research into how to develop a shelf stable version, mm. right? I was mixing them in my kitchen, like brewing juniper berries in a, <laughs> in a st- like my cauldron. In my I was about to say, I feel mm-hmm. like the first time I met you, you talked about your cauldron and that just, that image of, I can just picture you stirring a cauldron of delicious CBD, uh, the yes. mocktail mule there. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, of course, you have to make a version that that is shelf stable and that that is, you know, that can can sit on a on a retail shelf for uh, a long time. And so that was the second piece of it. And I have to say, you know, part of part of the uh, push to go into developing this business um, I, I, I my father is very entrepreneurial and, and mm. he has started uh, many businesses, some that have succeeded, some many that have failed. And he really gave me the, the confidence and the push to, to go for it. And so that that's something special, I think, mm. to be able to have, um, you know, a, a familial support there that, um, you know, that that tells you you can do it and and let's see where it goes. And it's going to be an adventure and a tough one, um, but but hopefully worth it. And I think it is. Reframe Thrive Coaching is the next level on your journey. Reframe's premium coaching program provides one-on-one access to a certified recovery coach, curated video content from industry experts, and private group support meetings. With Thrive, you get the support you need to change your relationship with alcohol and Thrive on the other side of it, all for less than the cost of a drink a day. Find Thrive on the Reframe app today. So you saying that makes me realize, um, let's, let's back that up a little bit. I don't think I even know what your background was before Sweet Crude. What did you do in the before times, as they say? <laughs> I took a weaving path here. So I got my, uh, my business degree, my, my MBA from Yale School of Management, uh, which was a, a great program. The highlight for me is a little unusual. I, I loved leading the food and wine club for the two years that 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 program was. And for fun reasons, I, you know, we did things <laughs> like visit the oyster farm and put together oh my really gosh. gorgeous cheese boards and all of these really cool, unique experiences. But what um, what lit me up the most and what I was most passionate and, and excited about were all of the food and beverage entrepreneurs that I got to invite to campus and share their product and their stories and how they built their business. And looking back, that that really was something that that excited me. Um, from there, I worked in a couple different industries in, in finance and in technology. Uh, but really, you know, I think it makes sense looking back that that I ended up here. 
Mm, yeah, that was kind of the, the jumping off point. I feel like I have thought about the process of how you go about, like you said, making a shelf stable, like all of the packaging, having all of these details down to like, I, I know you have a fulfillment center over in Taylor too. <laughs> so there are just so many moving parts of owning a business. Like what is like the very first step into to making that jump from brewing this in your cauldron and then making this into a business? Yeah. Well, for me, the first step was figuring out how to create a version that uh, was comparable, if not better than the version I was making in my kitchen that that could sit on a shelf. Mm. Um, and so that was the first step for me. The next step was No. <laughs> Damn it. Did I get cut out again? Oh, yeah. yeah. Start start at your first it's step. So, it's so weird because I can always hear you and then you stop hearing me. It's so sad. I don't where, know. Where, 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 where are you? Not to be creepy. Where are you? I'm, I'm at my house. house and I, you know what it is? My phone like locked. You know, mm. like I, and that's that's what cut it out. That's okay, it. yeah, keep it. Go plug so it I just need phone. to keep like touching my phone. <laughs> I would go plug it in. I keep mine. It is it's, plugged in. Is it? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Mine doesn't close when I have it plugged in. But that's so funny. Okay, well, let's go. Okay, we'll start start at step yes. one. Okay. We'll, we'll pause and then start step one. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> Did you, did you, no, I'm here. Did you want me to just stop, like start again? Yeah, just start at step one and we'll, we'll splice the recording. Okay. So the step one of how I got started was really transforming what I was making in my kitchen to, um, to this shelf stable version of the recipe. And really the, the goal was to make something that tasted just as good, if not better. And, and, mm. and we succeeded there. Um, the next step was developing a brand and mm. that started with the packaging and um, ended, you know, we're still working on it, of course, but really the part that I think has been the most fun is is creating that brand voice that you know we get to utilize and and uh, connect with with folks like you on Instagram and and trying to really put an authentic uh, an authentic uh, voice into the non-alcoholic uh, cocktail ready to drink space. So how did you come up with the Sweet Crude brand? Like where, where did that originate from? Yeah, the Sweet Crude brand. So multiple, two, two big reasons. Uh, one, I knew I wanted a name that was a little, that had a little bit of edge to it. Mm. Um, that gave you a little bit of swag in your step as you're holding the can and, you know, making that decision to not drink alcohol that day or that night. And so I wanted a name that had a little bit of that edge. Um, the second piece of it is, you know, what we do with our drinks, they're not just infused with CBD, but we infuse them with these botanical terpenes, uh, which are inspired by different hemp strains. So for example, 
our mellow mule, which is like a Moscow mule, has pineapple express terpenes in them. And oftentimes these different strains have a like sweet element to them. For example, pineapple express or um, Mm. sour space candy, you know, there, there, there are these elements of sweetness to them. And so you get the sweet there. And then you also get this crude or dankness as well, that earthiness or pungence. And so it, it, it kind of, you know, taps both of those two elements. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I I love that. When I thought of Pineapple Express, it's kind of funny. Um, Throwback. Uh, I have the same thought. (laughs) um, (laughs) To the Seth Rogen film? Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm wondering, though, like, so my brother also works in the CBD business. Um, I know that there's, like, it's, it's not easy to get into because of all of the, you know, government and federal regulations and with with marijuana and hemp and you know like THC and people not really understanding the difference between CBD and THC and and how to you know legally sell something that has CBD in it that's not you know um, like in a marijuana store uh, for people who are listening who may not really understand CBD why don't you explain like what is CBD Why would I drink it? You know, that's a good question. So first and foremost, what is CBD? It is fundamentally, it's it's a cannabinoid. And so uh, there are lots of different cannabinoids that exist in nature. um, (laughs) And there are many of them that appear in the cannabis family. And the cannabis family is inclusive of marijuana and hemp. And we use hemp. uh, that, That is where we source our CBD from the hemp plant. Um, And according to the farm bill that was passed a couple of years ago, the legality is when you create CBD from the hemp plant and it has less than 0.3% THC in it as well, Mm -hmm. that other cannabinoid. And THC is is the one that we know as like the one that, that gets you high. CBD does not get you high. There is no psychoactive nature to it. Um, And that's an important differentiator to make. So there's nothing psychoactive uh, about CBD. Uh, Oftentimes what people find, and it's really, you know, depends on your body. I often compare it to like, if you are going to get energy from green, drinking green tea, CBD or the hemp plant can offer you a little bit of relaxation, kind of the juxtaposition of what green tea might offer you in terms of energy, CBD or hemp might offer you for, for chill or relaxation. Oh, that's a really interesting analogy because I feel like I've never totally understood. Like I, I use CBD for sleep and, but I, but I just do it. I, I was like at my wits end and needed to try something and it worked, but I didn't like how that works and what it's comparable to. But I like that green tea analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's, there is, it it can definitely get more complicated in terms of like what it is doing in your body. And there's so much research being done around that, which is super interesting. The other piece of our drinks too, are that we use these aromatic, I mentioned these terpenes, these aromatic botanicals, 
because just even cracking open a can and smelling those botanicals, much like how you would smell lavender and think, oh, that's mm. wax. My shoulders just dropped three inches from my, you know, from my ears. Those are the terpenes in lavender that are telling us, oh, wow, that is, that is something that is going to relax me. And so we're using similar aromatics in our drinks you know, don't get me wrong. They're not like, it's not like a blast of lavender that you're drinking. You guys know that, but there are, are, are earthy aromatics in there that our brain understands as this is something that is going to help me relax. Oh, I love that. It like ties in the association and like the neuroscience to it. Yes. Yeah. The physiological reaction, that mind body connection that, that is so important. Well, that's, I remember, I remember when, um, I first tried CBD and that was probably like two years ago. And I was really nervous because I, you know, as somebody in, in sobriety in recovery, that was one thing. And even now I think a lot of people are, are still super hesitant and unsure. And I was like, you know, is it going to get me high? Like, is it going to affect my medication? Like, I don't, I like, I personally don't like being like high even like I've, I've used THC in my sobriety and it's just not something that I personally enjoy. It actually gives me more anxiety, which I think, you know, mm. it's supposed to do the opposite. Um, because you like panic attacks. So I really wanted, but I was, I was having like a ton of, I, I, I exercise a lot and, um, I'm, you know, we're working at home from my computer. I'm hunched over. I have a lot of, uh, injuries from sports over the years. And I was like downing ibuprofen like all the time, which is obviously not good long-term. And my older brother suggested I try CBD and I was a little bit nervous and hesitant, but it was one of those things like, all right, well, you know, might as well try it. If I don't like it, you know, it's one time it's going to go away. Um, and it, it was surprisingly, it, I think it was one of those things like I could describe it as I, I took some and then. I didn't realize that anything had happened until I realized that I wasn't in pain. And that mm. kind of reminded me of what you had said, Talia, about your migraines. Cause I get migraines too. And I have, um, you know, medication that I take for them as needed, but a lot of it is tension induced. And so for me, like prevention is really important and finding something that helps prevent like a lot of my chronic pain and the, the CBD has been super helpful and I implement it. I haven't been implementing it as recently as I should, but I usually take it every day and it really helps to just kind of take away, like you said, that even very acute discomfort. Um, and I didn't have any psychological, you know, no buzz, no head high, anything like that. And so I think a lot of people, especially in recovery, get nervous about taking supplementation. But like you said, if it's, you know, the regulated guideline, then it's not a psychoactive substance, which is really amazing to think you kind of get the best of both worlds and this thing that's, you know, natural. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you said it so eloquently, Kayla, and, and I agree completely. I, I fall into the same boat in terms of like THC really not 
doing it for me. I, I <laughs> do not enjoy. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I a hundred percent agree with you. And it was something that I found as I was, you know, ex- experimenting years ago with, with CBD to, to be really surprising and thinking, oh, wow. Yeah. It actually, there, there is no, there is no psychoactive effect. I just happened to be slightly more relaxed than I was before. And, and my, my, my muscle spasms are, you know, slowing down a little bit and um, I'm sleeping better. And so you get all of those benefits and, you know, uh, I, I will share my, my brother-in-law is um, in a sober journey as well. And he, um, he started using, and he, uh, he tells me me that I can share this story, but he started (laughs) using uh, CBD as part of his wellness routine Mm. a a couple of years ago now. And it's really in, you know, in combination with some of the other practices that he finds to really center himself and um, make him feel his best self, uh, including, you know, a lot of outdoor outdoor adventure meditation um you know and and some of these herbal uh remedies along with with cbd have have really helped him and he actually is the one who um who shared that comparison of of if green tea is something that gives you energy for him uh cbd is something that is uh, is calming and so i i Mm. i give that analogy to him (laughs) love that (laughs) Sorry, y'all. My cat Josie has joined the podcast. So if you hear Josie, (laughs) it's Josie. She's my honorary 10 year old cat. Um, Talia, so I'm so interested to hear about your experience in this really burgeoning industry because I feel like this idea of these ready to drink mocktails and these zero proof alternatives are really starting to explode right now. And it's, it's so interesting being both like a consumer and an observer of this industry and just how rapidly it's growing. And, and, you know, I, I love that you talk about the heart of it was that you were just disappointed with the options when you removed alcohol from your life. And I really resonate with that. Like I went to a restaurant the other day and I was like, what are your alcohol free options? And they're like, well, we have iced tea. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. not really what I'm here for. Um, but what, what has been your experience and what are some of your observations of this new industry with the zero proof um, kind of beverage beverage line? Um, there are so many exciting products coming out onto the market and, you know, it, you, you, it, it's, it's, it's fun getting to try all of them. And I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and so to me, it's like the, the more the merrier, because it, it's not as though there's only one beer on the market. There's so mm. much space for all of these beautiful, exciting brands. And I think a lot of us are doing something that, you know, is, is different from one another. And, and as a consumer, you, you tell me if you agree, but you might have your favorites, but you don't want to drink the same thing over yeah, and over totally. again. You want options. And, and um, from, you know, for your, your example of, of a restaurant, it's kind of like they, they're going to have to get with it because more yes. and more people 
66% of millennials are decreasing their alcohol consumption. Wow. Yes. It's huge. Woo-hoo. And you know, they spend, we, we, I, I fall into, into the upper, the old, the elder millennial. an elder millennial. So I relate to you. Proudly, proudly. <laughs> Uh, but we spend $300 a month traditionally on alcoholic drinks. And it's not mm. as though they're doing it for financial reasons. It's for wellness reasons. And so a restaurant like the one you were at that is just serving an iced tea is leaving money on the table because we want totally. you. I don't know about you, but I, when if there is a good zero proof cocktail option, I will yep. pay for that. Mm-hmm. I yep. pay a pretty penny for that, and I want to because I'm excited by it. And well, so, and I I often, seek it out too. I look at yeah. menus ahead of time, and I'll pick a restaurant based on if they they offer that. And I think it's just I don't know. I think it's it's related to like I'll also pick a menu if they have like a dairy-free option or like they've got a dairy-free section in their menu like different I think there's so many different on Beth is that like they care about the guest experience it's a signal to totally that they they want to be inclusive and that they totally create a hospitality experience that is going to be memorable and welcoming for you Mm. yeah and it just I mean it, it just like you said it makes it seem like they just took a little bit more time to consider everybody. Um, and so, so if you're a restaurateur out there listening to this right now, like I will pick your restaurant over any other restaurant if I feel like I can still go and have a good time and drink a mellow mule or whatever it is that I'm drinking. Um, just, just because it, like, we want to do all of the things that we did before we quit drinking. It's not like I want to suddenly be a homebody or just Mm -hmm. drink iced teas for the rest of my life. I want to have fun options. I want to have things that make me feel, normal and excited and like I'm having a good time and celebratory and all of the different emotions that you get from alcohol, but I just don't want the booze for it. Right. And there are a lot of people who don't. Well, I've even like, I've gone to restaurants more recently and I'm in like, I'm in Southern California. So I'm like snob central. Like (laughs) you should like, this is like, you know, vegan, gluten-free, keto central. And so if there's not an option here, then it's probably not anywhere. And a lot of places do have it and I, it's popping up and it's amazing. Even some of these smaller restaurants that my boyfriend and I will go to for like date night are starting to get non-alcoholic beers on the menu. And they're not like, you know, Heineken or Bud Light. It's like Bittenberger or these, you know, European ones. And, and I've, I've, it's kind of funny. I've become like this, the sober snob myself and I'll go a place and they, and I'll ask, you know, oh, do you have like a non-alcoholic option? And they don't. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, it's funny, you have like a vegan option, and you have a gluten free option, and, and you know, a dairy free option. But, you know, the percentage of people, at least in America, who have those dietary restrictions compared to the, the amount of people who don't drink. And that's not just it's like you said, it's not just sobriety, it could be health related, it could be religious related. Um, it it's like 30% of the population. So right. they're, they're really missing the mark. And I, even last time we went, we went to a restaurant we really loved. And I actually sent a, like a, they did the feedback survey and, you know, now working in, in the industry I do, I actually really try and make an effort to do the feedback surveys. Cause I know that they're helpful, even yeah. though they're annoying. Um, 
And I wrote, you know, we had a really great experience and we would totally come here more, but you guys don't have any non-alcoholic options. And, you know, the waiter was nice enough. Like he took my order and I'll do like a, I'll do a ginger beer and grapefruit juice if there's nothing on the menu. Cause I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty healthy at trying to stay away from a lot of sugar. And so that's my kind of with even with the mocktails it's like there's they're so high in sugar so I'm like all right Mm -hmm. um you know do you have a non-alcoholic beer or wine or any of this and um you know I said you know we would probably come here a lot more often like my boyfriend this is one of his favorite restaurants but I don't want to come here because I don't have the option so we're picking another restaurant down the street to go there every other weekend when we might be coming here. And so it's just something to consider. And even when I asked the waiter was kind of snobby about it, you mm. know, and was like, Oh no, we don't have that. And I kind of just wanted to be like, Oh, like good for you. Like that's not, you, you should have it, you know, it's so I, I think, I think it's people outside of the recovery or the alcohol free space. A lot of people don't necessarily think about it. But it's, it's so important. Even the other day, it was really nice. My, um, we went to this like outdoor event kind of thing. Uh, our friend was DJing and I called ahead and they didn't have any options. So they let me bring my own, which was so oh, like super nice. nice. Um, and they just said, you know, we'll keep it behind the bar and we'll give it to you and we'll just do like an uncorking fee. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even end up giving me the fee. They just let me bring it. Um, but I thought like, wow, that was so nice. Like, you know, to the, even though they didn't have the option to allow me to bring my own and not be snobby about it. Um, and so I think it's just teaching people. Cause I think just people just. Yeah. People don't know. And you know, you, both of you put out so much great content on um, like where you see that industry going. I know Kayla, you put out a lot, you, you put out a lot of of research around how you think, you know, much like, like, tell me, tell me if I, if I've gotten this right, but kind of like how there are warning labels on tobacco products. You think Mm. that there will be on alcohol products pretty soon as well. Oh, 100%. There's already petitions. Yeah. And so when you look at like from, from that snobby, reaction you're getting from from a restaurant or a server it's it's an ingredient that is so so pervasive yet yet really not great for you right Mm. and so I you know I I think that there is there that is part of the reason why there is such a a growing Mm. demand but I wonder sometimes like how see if you guys agree if you feel this way but a lot of times you know, some of the uncomfortableness is like trying to have to make other people feel comfortable around your, oh, your totally. decision not to drink alcohol um, and and figuring out how to do that when you really, that shouldn't be your job. Um, but in that case, it, it feels like that that server could have definitely done a better job in making you feel more comfortable in, in, in their, their dining experience. Yeah. And I think, I think you, you're totally right. It's, I think a lot of us who don't drink for whatever reason, you're always going to come across people who question your decision or who act a little bit different around you. But early on, especially for people who, who are in early recovery or their sober curious journey, 
it's a total projection. Like it is, has nothing to do with you. I think a lot of the time it's curiosity, right? And like, not to be once again, like I'm going to sound like a snob, but it's kind of the envy because I've had a, like a lot of people who it's, you know, 1am and we're leaving and they're, they're saying, oh, you know, let's do shots. And I'm like, oh, you know, no, I don't drink. And they're like, wait, what? Like you're, <laughs> you're having fun, you know, you're out and doing stuff and you're, you know, yeah, well, I have to get up at nine for a soul cycle. So I'm good. You know, also I just don't drink anyways, but, and I think people, it takes them back because it makes them question their own decision-making, especially as we get older. Like I'm, I'm 28, I'm going to be 29 this year. So you know, my, my friends are getting married. Everybody's having babies. Our lifestyle is changing. It's kind of that last two raw and nobody really want, I'm, I'm like that annoying person who like, you know, gets up early and, and goes and works out and drinks green juice. And like the person I used to give myself <laughs> that I used to make fun of like, wow, what's wrong with them? You know, I'm that person now. And so I think people, people want to be more disciplined and they, and they want to be healthier and they want to focus more on their well. That's, I think that's a really great reframe as well. Uh, when, when you're, you know, setting yourself up for, uh, having a really great night and, and ending it on a great note too. Reframe, no pun intended, right? I know. I did. That was, that was great advertising. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah. I mean, well, it's funny that you are talking about that. Cause I had a really funny interaction yesterday as the only sober person in a group of women who were all socializing and drinking wine and about half of them knew that I didn't drink and the other half didn't. And they were talking about inviting another woman to this little circle of, of women we, we have created. And somebody mentioned that she didn't drink. And one of the ladies goes, Oh, will that be weird with our like bar that's going on over there? And I'm just standing there like, Nope, it'll be fine. Right. No bitch. I'm good. Uh, yeah. And then everybody, like the, the couple that point that knew that I don't drink pointed at me. They're like, well, she's here. And the girl's like, you're, you're, oh, you're not drinking. I just didn't even notice. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's no big deal. And she goes, oh, but you're not sober, sober. I'm like, no, no, I am sober. <laughs> but it's just so funny because I, you know, it's just not the default. And it's so interesting to go out socially and experience it being so other and so outside when you're like, no, I'm good. I'm just, I'm cool and chill. Uh, it would be sweet if you uh, provided an option that wasn't just bottled water for me next time. But uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I find that I have so much more fun too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, it's like the John Mulaney skit, right? It's like, oh, you know, we have this old onion in the back of the fridge. Like, would you like that? Would that be good for you? Or <laughs> Like, no, I haven't seen that one. I'll have to look it up. Oh my god, it, it's one of his first ones when he was just talking about like interacting with people who, who like, the first time when they find out you're sober and they like don't know how to act around you or they don't know what to offer you. Um, it, it's a good one, but yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look that one up. That sounds good. <laughs> it's it's funny. So Talia, the industry that you're in, from what I understand, the kind of zero proof industry seems pretty male dominated. Am I, I might be incorrect about that, but as a female founder, what has your experience been in this kind of burgeoning industry, which is almost adjacent to the food and beverage and alcohol industry, which I know is pretty, pretty male dominated. 
Yeah, I think so. Certainly the cannabis industry is male dominated. Um, mm. And I, you're right. The beverage industry is too. On the zero proof side, you know, I, I think that I think there's some 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 good perspectives there. And it, it might not be quite as male dominated as we think. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, for me, what has been really the the piece that I have been enjoying most in terms of connecting with this community. Um, y'all know I, I, I try to get Sweet Crude active on Instagram, connecting mm-hmm. not just with other brands, but with folks like yourself. And that's really rewarding. You know, it's beyond just being a drink brand, but trying to be a like a, a, a friendly voice out there. Mm. And in our case, one who really understands CBD and understands aromatic terpenes and how we can offer, you know, a form of relaxation through those, but really just offering, you know, what we think is really cool and interesting and helpful to us right now um, as, as a, a, an expert voice in the non-alcoholic uh, drink space. Well, and, and as somebody who has um, partnered with many brands and has tried a lot of different beverages, I would say that you do that very well. I, that's, you know, a large part of why we invited you on this podcast. It's like, I feel like I know you, Talia, behind the brand of Sweet Crude, and y'all are really doing a really wonderful job of connecting in our space. And also understanding, I think, I think a lot of brands understand that this is a burgeoning industry and understand that there is a, um, a, a money component, like a, like something to be filled. There's a space to be filled and a place to make money, but I don't, I feel like with sweet crude, y'all are still really rooted in this concept of community. And like you said, of service of, of sharing this product that helps you and has been, a large part of your own path. And I just, I think that's very well done. So bravo for you. That's really kind of you to say that's really, I mean, that warms my heart to hear. And and that is certainly what we're trying to do. And, you know, with that said, this, this is a business that we're trying to develop, but at its core, the thing that is most exciting is, is the, as we grow the ability to bring access to a really fun, a non-alcoholic drink that can also relax somebody in, and, and really try to try to spread that access uh, throughout the country and goal. Yeah. So, so I know you guys are developing something new and I don't know what yeah. it is. And I, I'm assuming you can't share that on here, but what is kind of like the, the future? Where do you, where do you see sweet crew going from here? Well, I can, I can share broadly. So we're going Ooh. to come out with a couple new cocktails for our hemp infused line. Uh, some that work super well with, um, with summertime and mm. this will be launched later this summer. And then we're also going to create a non CBD line as well. Um, you know, still with these aromatics. So as you, as you sip, as you have this whole sensory experience, it Mm -hmm. will create that sense of relaxation. So those same, those terpenes will still be there, but they're coming from, from plants that are not hemp. Um, And really the ability to, two pronged one, you know, as, as, 
as someone who, you know, is trying to create a, an inclusive company, I, I want to make sure that there is a drink for everyone, uh, whether mm. it be their, their sober journey and, or, or perhaps, you know, they are um, pregnant and choosing not to use CBD at that time, whatever the reason may be, I'd like that. I'd like there to be a drink for you in our portfolio <laughs> of, of cocktails. And then the second reason is, is really more of like a business reason that you, there are some stores that are not carrying CBD products that I would mm-hmm. like our, our, our brand to be on the shelf. And it's, it's a, it's a faster way of getting there as well. And, and spreading, um, you know, spreading our brand into getting it into as many as many uh, household refrigerators as possible. Well, I think the media industry is a lot like the, you know, alcohol free industry in the way that it's really starting to blossom and people starting are starting to understand it better and understand that it's part of wellness. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, just over the last 10 years, like, there's been so much focus on wellness, whether that be, you know, fitness boutiques, whether that be, you know, diet culture, which is not really wellness, but you know, and I mean, like eating or eating better nutrition, this, this focus on going from being like, at least I think I, what I noticed as a woman is like the focus from being like super, super thin to being super fit has mm. become like this new, new, we want to be healthier. We want to be more body positive. We want to like be, be happy and healthy. And that doesn't have to look like one thing or another. And I think people are realizing if you do want to be happy and healthy and be somebody who promotes wellness in order to do that, if you're advocating for wellness, you can really advocate alcohol on top of that, you know? And I, I kind of, you know, I'm not into the the cancel culture, so I don't like calling people out or anything like that. But I definitely think that it would be such a great, you know, uh, like I I recently saw an ad and I, I forget what it was for, but it was another non-alcoholic brand. And they were basically saying like, why you should choose us over drinking. And I never, I never seen a brand do that. And I was like, you know, that's, that's super true. Like if you want to be a wellness, let's say influencer or advocate, um, and you're talking about mental health, even if you drink, that's totally fine. I don't see anything wrong with mindful drinking. If you are somebody who can do that or wants to do that, but to promote alcohol, if you are in any way like a role model or a celebrity or somebody who people look to for, you know, advice or information, you shouldn't be promoting alcohol. Like it's, it's like promoting cigarettes, like, oh, well, here's this kick-ass, you know, workout video I just did. Now here's some Marlboro lights. They're really (laughs) great. They're really great after, you know, a kick-ass spin class. (laughs) And, and any, you know, but if you put that comparison, people be like, what? Like, that's crazy. Why would you insinuate that? It's like, well, isn't what you're doing insinuating that. And I feel like the CBD industry, especially drinks is like such a a better replacement, right? Because the need for it's there. People want refresh, refreshing beverages. I think just beverages in general are kind of like a social focal point. And so why not kind of kick alcohol to the curb and give somebody the option to, well, this isn't just a regular beverage. that's not water you're going to feel better. You know, 
you're going to, it there, like you said, there, it's a chemical makeup that's already in our body. So you are going to have a change in maybe your mood or maybe, you know, how you're physically feeling, but you're not going to have any nasty, you know, side effects. It's not a neurotoxin, you know? Um, and that's so cool because I, now I get to show up to the party and like, have all these fancy drinks and adaptogens and stuff. And all my friends who drink want to try them or, you know, now my, <laughs> now my boyfriend will go, he'll have a regular drink and then he'll have a mocktail yeah. and kind of go back and forth. And that's not something that he ever would have done be- before. And so I think just people need to know more about it. And I think, you know, Beth and I and people we know are, are so stoked to help promote that because, we understand a from a business point of view and but b also from being the consumer you know there's so many of these beverages that i never would have heard of um or gotten the you know been able to try if it had not been for like the online community and connecting on instagram um and you know being available online and things like that so it it's so inclusive and i love that i love that too and and you know it really the the education that that you guys are putting out there is 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 the start of it all because as people understand um as they begin to understand what alcohol does to your body more they might know it intuitively because they're feeling a certain way after mm-hmm. consuming it but really understanding what it is doing to your body then opens up a whole nother conversation for these alternatives. So I thank you guys for all of the, all of the great content, all of the education, really education that you are putting a ton of work into and sharing with the community. Well, I really appreciate that. I, I hope my mom's listening so she can hear that. She thinks <laughs> I got on the internet too much. <laughs> I'm helping mom. Yeah, I'm helping. You are. You are. <laughs> mom. Beth is helping. Thank you. Thank you for that little plug. All right. You listening, Pam? <laughs> well, Talia, this has been such a treat. It's so great to talk to you more. I know you and I have talked more in the DMs and I got to attend your super fun mocktail class, but I just really love connecting with other entrepreneurs and just really admire what you're doing with Sweet Crude. It is such a treat for me when I'm out in Austin and I find it on a shelf because I can't stop myself from getting it. Oh, thank um, you. But I can't wait to see what is next for you. And you will have to keep us posted. Um, as far as how listeners can find you, how can they find you and also your product? Yes, they can find our product on our online shop uh, at our website, the thesweetcrude.com. Uh, that's also our Instagram handle at thesweetcrude.com. And then if you're in Austin, um, we're in lots of different stockists around Austin and we have them all listed on our website as well. What's yep, your I was, favorite I was place at the, that you found it, Beth? Um, definitely the meteorite, meteorite, mm, or me, yeah. not meteorite, meteor, uh, the meteor, uh, the meteor on South. Pond. Yeah. I love but I found house. it at quickie picky too, which was yes. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, great. Well, this has been so wonderful, Talia. Y'all make sure to check out Sweet Crude. This is like, we just like this as a product and really love what Talia so is good. doing. So we asked her on this podcast. This is not sponsored. Uh, but we just really have enjoyed talking to you today. And uh, thanks for tuning in with us on this Friday afternoon. Thanks, y'all, for the opportunity to to have this conversation. I, I had a blast getting to chat with you, you all. And, um, you know, I this is spur of the moment, but we should have definitely come up with some sort of promo code that you can throw in the show notes. So, oh, I you know what? Yeah, we will. We, will. we can, we can add that, that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> It'll be great. All right, y'all. Look in the show notes. Thank you so much, Talia. Thank you. On. Thank you. Enjoy this beautiful weather, Kayla. I hope I hope SoCal is a beautiful It's always beautiful here. Too, isn't it? <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in this week. Bye. 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 Thank y'all for tuning into The Dry Life, a podcast for the sober and sober curious, presented by Reframe. My name is Beth and my co-host Kayla and I drop a new podcast every Thursday. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode.